It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech from last Tuesday night and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhips. Dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. And yes, we do. We dissect the latest news, politics, and opinion as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we need to be having conversations. Be sure and check out our website, americhicks.com. Sign up for our emails. Uh, love having you sign up on that list and love hearing from you. Send me an email if you like something. If you don't like something, I'd like to hear from you as well. Uh, but we will keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. We are the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, and we offer a conservatarian perspective. Uh, in studio with me, we have a guest chick, Sue Kinfield. How are you doing? I'm great. Good morning. Good Monday morning. Yeah, it's <laughs> wishing everybody a marvelous Monday out there for sure. Uh, Sue, you have a, you're an entrepreneur and yes. you have your own company, See It Thrive. Tell us just a little bit about that. See It Thrive is focused on helping people emotionally, intelligently come together both in the workplace and beyond. I teach people how to move beyond drama and dysfunction and figure out... You have out a lot of job security, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, these days, yeah. I'd like to retire someday. Um, but just helping people understand kind of how we are each wired, you know, understanding more about themselves, understanding more about the people that they work with so they can stop investing in some of the drama and stupidity that goes on in the workplace and really focus on the things that are going to help them be successful in addition to their companies be successful. And so I'm really intrigued by what we see going on in the world these days in the political arena and how that's holding people back, um, I think, in a lot of different ways, both individually and collectively. Okay. If people want more information, how can they get that? Uh, they can go to suekenfield.com. Okay, fantastic. So welcome. Thank you for being here. We've got a big show planned. We're going to be talking about President Trump's speech over the weekend regarding uh, border security, uh, immigration, and getting the government opened again. And uh, in the second segment, Ascent Classical Academies is uh, is a great option for parents. It's uh, charter schools, which charter schools are actually public schools. Uh, and uh, they're trying to get one opened up in Boulder Valley School District. And they're having quite a time. I think tomorrow is going to be whether or not they just, uh, receive approval or not from Boulder Valley School District. And so we want to hear about that because, you know, options, people like options <laughs> across the board. They yeah. like options on restaurants to go to. They like options on all kinds of things. So how about options for our kids in ed education? I agree. Um, you know, education, there's a great quote out there, education is the wings on which dreams fly. Mm. And I think it's also the wings on which opportunity flies. Mm -hmm. And why not give parents as many options as they can have to get their child the best education for that particular child? Because every child is different. There's no cookie cutter uh, for every, you know, every child. They're each different. So options are so, so important. And this is an option that has shown tremendous success uh, across the country, you know, having charter school options for parents uh, to select that education that's in the best interest of their child. I don't quite understand, well, 
I do in a way, but uh, <laughs> it's hard. I'm curious to hear what our um, guest is going to talk about in terms of what's getting in the way of Boulder Valley being able to approve this application. Yep, so that'll be interesting. That's the second segment. Third and fourth segment, we're going to have Dick Morris on. You know, Dick Morris has been in politics for 50 years, and he has a new book coming out, 50 Shades of Politics. And he has 100 little kind of vignettes of different experiences. And so we've chosen maybe our top three that we're going to chat with him about, and it should be absolutely fascinating. So a couple of other things are, we have our very, I'm so excited about our event next Monday, January 28th, 5 to 8 p.m. We are partnering with Dr. Tom Cranawitter and his team at Speakeasy Ideas. We're bringing them, bringing all of you, Vino and Veritas. Now you're going to be there, aren't you? I am. Sue? I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll. And we don't have to do any homework yet, Not so yet. that's good. So Dr. Cranawitter is creating a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers, and we will be meeting on the fourth Monday of each month through all, all through 2019. January Vino and Veritas is sold out, which is good news. January Vino and Veritas is sold out, which is the bad news. Um, but the good news is, is each lecture stands alone. Uh, however, if you want to ensure a spot, we recommend that you go ahead and uh, get on the waiting list for January. And then go ahead and do the complete subscription for 2019. Even if you miss one or two lectures, Dr. Cranawitter will have a, a study guide for those that do the complete subscription to keep them caught up. Uh, so questions, you can email me at kim at com, or you can go to com. There is a link there for Vino and Veritas, and that'll get you into all the information. But it's going to be fun. That's going to be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be great. So, hey, today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I'm going to go down and, and uh, walk in the parade with my my buddy, Casper Stockham. But one of the things I think people don't realize is how Martin Luther King Jr. got his name. Did you, do you know the story? I don't think I do. Okay, well, Martin Luther King Sr. took a trip to Europe, uh, which inspired him to change his name and his young five-year-old son's name. Uh, per the Huffington Post, back in 1934, uh, King Sr., uh, joined a group of Baptist ministers on a tour to the Holy Land, which with stops in Europe. The trip culminated in a week-long Baptist World Alliance Conference in Berlin, during which the Reverend Senior visited many of the historical religious sites in the same land where Martin Luther defied the Catholic Church centuries earlier. You may remember that Martin Luther put 95 theses or 95 reasons why he was unhappy with the Catholic Church. So... Um, and the monk became more, uh, Martin Luther became more and more critical of his own institution, particularly also the sale of indulgences. With his disputation of Martin Luther on the power and efficacy of indulgences, later known as the 95 Theses, Luther set the ball rolling for reformation and was excommunicated for his heresy. King Sr. was so moved and inspired by Martin Luther's story that when he returned to the United States, he changed both his name and his young son's name to Martin Luther King Sr. and Jr. And that's how it happened. Wow. Yeah, so it was initially it was Michael King, and he changed it to Martin Luther King. So interesting. Isn't that interesting? That story. Okay. So before we jump in, also just a little joke here. Sue, a politician was walking home from the county court, courthouse the evening of election day when he came up on a young boy sitting on the curb, bawling his eyes out. Why are you crying? The politician asked. My dad died, the boy replied. Well, that's terrible. When did it happen? Five years ago, the boy said. Five years ago, and you're still this upset? It's not that, the boy said. It's just that my dad voted today, but he didn't come by to see me. <laughs> 
Ha ha. Okay. Let's jump in here right now. Uh, President Trump gave a speech this weekend regarding uh, the border wall and immigration. And uh, I think he hit it out of the park on this. I went through the complete speech and he really addressed, addressed everything. And he came to the table. He has put a deal on the table that it would be crazy, I think, for the Democrats not to come to the table and negotiate on this. Steve and I were talking as I walked in that that it, it looks like even Chris Matthews said that uh, Trump has actually created kind of a box for uh, the Democrats because they, they, they're going to need to come to the table on this. So in this, Sue, he, he talked about legal immigration. He talked about really the American idea. He said, we are all equal. We are one team and one people, probably saluting one American flag. We believe in a safe and lawful system of immigration, one that upholds our laws, our traditions, and our cherished values. And then he says the immigration system has been broken for a long time. And he, he notes that presidents and lawmakers over many years, they've not done anything about this, Sue. It's crazy how long this issue has been going on and the entrenchment um, of either side actually, to be able to move this massive concern forward. I, it's, it's confounding to me. I mean, not really when I understand what happens with human behavior, but the fact that you have one side who has just basically left the conversation. Um, the inability for the Democrats to even accept an invitation to come to the White House to discuss this with the president, I think, is shameful. Well, he the optics are becoming very interesting with uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, well, Trump is in Washington over the holidays and Nancy Pelosi is in Hawaii. And then what he did at the end of last week where it's brought light to the fact that Nancy Pelosi and a whole bunch of uh, politicians were g- going to go on a, basically a political junket. Um, and he said, wait a minute, well, we need to get back to the table. And then also the fact that Nancy Pelosi and 30 other Democrats were in Puerto Rico partying a week or so ago. I mean, I think that this, the optics on this are, are very important, and I think Trump's being very brilliant on this. Well, it's, the American people need to understand what, you know, half of this conversation, the people who need to be in part of this conversation are actually doing. Um, the fact that the Democrats were going to go on a junket to uh, Afghanistan and bring family members. I mean, 93 people were scheduled to go on that trip because it included all their family members as well. We're in the middle of a shutdown. This is a major conversation that needs to happen. Um, I appreciate that they want to go thank the troops, and I'm grateful for that. And is that really the highest priority? I teach people how to prioritize. <laughs> and this might not be it. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, mm, okay, they might need some help there. <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's very quickly go through some of his solutions, and we'll keep this conversation going all week. But what President Trump has said, that this is a common-sense compromise by, that both parties should embrace. So his plan includes $800 million in urgent humanitarian assistance, $805 million for drug detection technology to help secure our ports of entry. An additional 2,750 border agents and law enforcement professionals. 75 new immigration judge teams to reduce the court backlog uh, of almost 900,000 cases. Uh, he says his plan also includes critical measures to protect migrant children from exploitation and abuse. And then $5.7 billion for a strategic deployment of physical barriers or a wall. 
And he says, if we build a powerful and fully designed see-through steel barrier on the southern border, the crime rate and drug problem in our country would be quickly and greatly reduced. This seems to make a lot of sense. Uh, then in addition, he's uh, giving three years of legislative relief to the 700,000 DACA recipients and a three-year extension on temporary protected status for 300,000 immigrants uh, who might be facing an expiration on that. So it looks to me like he's really given a lot on this. And uh, so um, I think that uh, we're going to see what happens, but it looks to me like President Trump has put together a very common-sense plan, and we'll see if the Democrats are really serious or uh, what they're doing exactly. So it will be most interesting. Well, he keeps coming to the table, you know, trying to offer some potential solutions, something that's actually going to engage the Democrats in this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate that he's trying to move this ball forward. And it's a shame that he has to go on TV to communicate that message. But because that message is likely not to get reported in a way that's going to be accurate, um, he's having to use all the tools that is disposable as disposal to communicate with the American people. And good for him. So we'll see what happens this week. This is so important. Uh, we're going to go to break, though. We've got a, a really jam-packed show for you. Before we do that, though, it is set. I was actually hoping the Chiefs might pull it out, but the Patriots are again. So it's the L.A. Rams and the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And the big question is, where are you going to watch the game? Well, Hooters, of course. Hooters is your game day headquarters. Uh, you can watch uh, the big game at Hooters. Special start at $10 for a draft and 10 bonus wings. And if you come into Hooters during the big game, you can enter to win a brand new 55-inch HDR TV. And, Sue, I know you know that Hooters wings can fly because when the girls come over on Wednesday nights... I have them there, and they love them. Absolutely, and they're great. And so uh, you can try out their new smoked wings. They're delicious, only half the calories. So order your Hooters to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back uh, chatting with um, Mary Jo Tinlin and Kim Gilmartin regarding Ascent Classical Academies and what is happening with the Boulder Valley School District. We'll be right back. All AmeriChicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you'd like to support the work of the AmeriChicks and grow your business, contact them at AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick, accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financing options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure you are making the right financing choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the AmeriChicks. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Sue Kinfield is in studio as our guest chick. Great to have you here, Sue. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. Sign up for our emails. And we are the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We will jump right in here. We have on the line with us Kim Gilmartin and Mary Jo Tinlin, uh, and they're, they're both um, involved with Ascent Classical Academies, which is a public charter school 
uh, kind of a classical, I mean, a classical liberal education and a, a great option for parents, Sue. And so let's jump in here. Apparently, uh, Ascent Classical Academies is uh, before the Boulder Valley School District School Board to get approval for a new school up there. And it's been a little interesting. So Kim Gilmartin, why don't you set this up for our listeners, please? All right. Thanks for having us, Kim. And um, I definitely want you guys to hear from Mary Jo because she's a, one of the parents that are that is going to put her kids in this school if it gets open. But I've been involved in opening up Golden View Classical Academy, which is our flagship school in Jefferson County, and then Ascent Classical Academy of Douglas County, which is in Castle Rock. Uh, this would be our third school. It is a replication school of Golden View Classical Academy. And We've been working for over a couple of years now to get this open in Boulder Valley. It has been amazing. Um, Some things have happened over the last few days that have been shocking. Um, What is happening now is that we have a huge group of special interests in the community coming out against us. So um, we found out a few days, just a couple of days ago, that the NAACP group in Boulder has put out an official call to action against us and out Boulder, which is an LGBTQ group in Boulder has also put out an official call to action against us. And their claims are that we will not serve children of color, children in the minority group, uh, LGBT students that we are discriminating, that we are teaching, uh, religion, Christianity in particular, and indoctrinating kids. Now, all of this is not true. We are a public charter school. We follow all state laws, all federal laws. We have made assurances to the Boulder Valley School District of this. We have gone back and forth. All of this is public knowledge. It's on their public board documents, and it doesn't seem to matter to these, these groups. They don't like that we are associated with Hillsville College, and so they are going all out. And we expect it to be a bit of a circus Tuesday night. What's really disappointing is that they have been all over social media and even had things put in the daily camera uh, that that the organizers and people associated are bigots, racists, um, homophobes. I mean, they've just about called us every name in the book. And so um, it, it's really been disappointing to see this kind of hate flowing when we thought that this was more of a tolerant community. <laughs> well, that that seems to be the uh, narrative that, that they put out there, but apparently that's not the case. Hey, Mary Jo Tenlin, thank you for joining us. Now, you are one of the parents that uh, is supporting Ascent Classical, Classical Academies. Uh, what's your read on all this? Well, I just think it's uh, unbelievably sad. And again, thanks so much for letting us uh, come on this morning and, and raise a little bit of awareness about this situation. And in our neighborhood, um, as a parent in Boulder County, I live in Superior, which is just on the road from Boulder. I have three kids that are in BBSD right now, and uh, one of my children would end up would would go to this school. 
I would hope. Um, I would love to have this option. I was homeschooling him when he was in kindergarten, first grade, and I used a classical model, which is an incredibly effective uh, model, by the way. Four out of five of the top high schools in the state use a classical model. It's very, very, very good. And um, as Ken mentioned, Golden View, they had one of the top SAT scores in the state, uh, and I believe that was their very first senior class. So, I mean, that says a ton about this quality education. And so to offer this and to have this option for my son specifically, but then also almost 600 uh, intent to enroll forms have been submitted. And so there are hundreds of people that want this school and and hundreds of people that are um, relying on having this classical option for their children that they haven't had because Boulder does not have that option right now within the district. And so I think that's one of the you know, questions that the school board has had is um, they've not they've not had a classical model, so that was a, that was a question. Um, but then all of this noise and unfortunately all of this that's going on with what Kim just explained is just it's it's unfortunately at you know putting this option at risk for all of these families. And I'm just I'm just heartbroken. I'm really really sad that you know our neighbors can't you know I guess they can't um, think about this. This because they've somehow labeled it as all of the things that she just mentioned, and, and it's just so tragic. I, I'm so sad. Well, Kim Gilmartin, what is a classical model? Well, the classical model is is a classical education is one that really seeks to create happy human beings. Now, it's it's the way school was taught hundreds of years ago, so it's rooted in. Uh, in the Greek and Roman uh, teachings, we do we teach classic literature, the great books. Uh, we have a strong Western civilization uh, foundation, so we really do talk about how the West was formed. We study all of uh, the world, though. We we do have a core knowledge curriculum, and the core knowledge curriculum is something that's taught in many schools around the country. Uh, and there are a few core knowledge schools in Boulder as well. But we have a very structured learning environment, which is something that the kids, that the parents really want for their children. So the teacher is in charge of the classroom. The teacher is the leader. The kids are listening to the teacher. They're facing forward. The children wear uniforms. And we're a very low-tech school. So where almost all public schools have moved to putting an iPad and a Chromebook in front of their kids, we have done the opposite. We teach them writing, handwriting, cursive, reading. There's a lot of interaction between the teacher and the students and also the students in themselves, uh, between themselves. And as they get older, they're, we're teaching more in a Socratic method like they might do in, in universities. And uh, the, the, the parents just absolutely love that this school is very countercultural to what you're seeing going, going on in most of the, the district schools today. Kim, this is Sue Kenfield. Uh, thanks for all your efforts on, on this. You know, it's unfortunate that these groups have to gin up a lot of fear and misinformation to try to keep you guys from moving forward. Um, what is the issue that seems to be in front of the board and, and why the board isn't moving forward, considering the success that you guys have had in other areas of the state? So I'll tell you what they're hanging their hat on. Um, they, they are saying that, when, as, as you may or may not know, charter schools do ask for waivers from many of the district policies, and that's because we're very autonomous and we, process, we, we 
actually implement policies differently than the district does. But that doesn't mean that we do not plan to adhere to the intent of the law and the intent of the policy, which is what we do. And we have made clear, and both of our other schools are doing the same thing. So we have asked to waive out of the anti-discrimination policy that Boulder has only because we will handle things, whereas the policy of Boulder Valley would say it goes to the superintendent. Ours is handled by our school. So we have explained that, and we've put it in all of the documents that are public to say we will not discriminate. And we've actually posted our anti-discrimination statement, our anti-discrimination policy on that web, on the Boulder Valley School Docs, and the groups that are writing in to the, uh, to the school board right now and that are posting all over social media about us are saying that we want to discriminate against LGBT students or persons of color. And that is simply not true. They are also saying that we are religious and we are like a private school because we are affiliated with Hillsdale. The only affiliation that we have with Hillsdale is that Hillsdale started a, a program called the Barney Charter School Initiative, which helps public charter schools get started around the country in helping us with a classical liberal arts curriculum, which they are very good at. They understand how to train in rigged phonics, in Singapore math, in the instruction, and that is as far as it goes. There is no money that changes hands. There is no indoctrination. There is nothing like that. And so that's what these people are hanging their hats on, and that's why uh, they are causing confusion. And we have stated to Boulder Valley School District and all of these people numerous times what is true and what is not, and we're just hoping that they will be rational at the end of the day and, and, and listen to the truth. Okay. How can people help you? We're just about out of time. Mary, uh, okay. Kim, you yes. want to take that? Or Mary Jo? Like, Mary Jo, do you have the email address? Yep, it's uh, bvs.board at bvsd.org. Please send an email. That goes to all the board and the superintendent. Please please show your support. Please write in. Please tell them about how um, you know amazing this curriculum is and how uh, open-minded and how it will help kids of all abilities and all, you know, every every status, whatever they are, all children. It, it's colorblind. It's going to help all these kids. So I hope that people will write in and, and okay. get involved. And um, one more time, slowly, what is that again, Mary Jo? It's um, Boulder Valley School, BVS okay. dot board at bvsd.org. Okay, I want to get that right. It's bvs, like bouldervalleyschool.org, O-R-D? Org. Org, O-R-G. okay. At BVSD. Org. Okay. okay. I just want to double, check, just want to double check that. I, th- I think that you guys got it. BVS.board, as in the Board of Education. Board yeah, at BVSD.org. Yeah. Okay, Good. there we go. One more time. Sorry about that, everybody. It's bvs.board at bvsd.org. Got it? Is that right? Yes. Okay. That's correct. Everybody has one thing to do today, and that is, is to make sure that you do this email regarding the fact that you think that parents should have options on uh, where, where their kids go to school. I think that's really important. So thank you so much, Kim Gilmartin. Thank you so much, Mary Jo Tinlin. Good luck on that. And we've got our marching orders out there, bvs.board at bvsd.org. Okay, we got it. So, hey, we have on the line with us uh, Jason McBride. Jason, uh, you have a heart for education as, 
Okay, he'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> um, why don't we go to break? And when we come back, then we'll talk to uh, uh, Jason uh, regarding, I think he's got a heart for uh, school as well. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine recently celebrated 30 years with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. The Americhicks know Karen Levine personally and cannot recommend her highly enough. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. 303-877-7516. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And now, Kim is helping guys, too, with well-priced, made-to-measure shirts, pants, and jackets that fit a busy guy's lifestyle. Guys or gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We have Sue Kinfield in studio with us as our guest chick, and we have Jason McBride with Presidential Wealth Management on the line with us. Jason McBride, we were just talking to Kim Gilmartin and Mary Jo Tinlin regarding this decision on Ascent Classical Charter Schools uh, that's before the Boulder Valley School District uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Do you have any experience with any of these classical charter uh, schools? You know, I actually do. Uh, it's funny, they they were on. My wife and I were at the Ascent uh, School Board meeting here in Douglas County where the board was trying everything they could to reject this school from coming into the county. Um, it, it was despicable. I don't know how else to describe it, Kim, but, you know, when they say you don't want to see how the sausage get made? <laughs> That was that was something, um, and it was the same thing. Half the board was the same thing you're hearing now. Oh, we've heard that you're going to discriminate against students, and you'll be pushing religion on them. Uh, they tried that, and then later it started coming out. What the real problem is is that these charter schools are taking students away from the public schools. And, uh, you know, I just remember one moment in the meeting where one of the board members that seemed like a pretty straight shooter, uh, you know, the others were, well, we're losing students and this and that. And, uh, and the one guy just stepped right up and he said, well, then maybe our public schools need to straighten themselves out and do a better job of educating kids, and then we won't lose so many students to these charter schools. And ultimately, Ascent got approved. So I thought it was it was a great meeting, but it was the same kind of garbage at the beginning that they're going through in Boulder. Well, and both Sue and I uh, worked diligently on the Dugco School Board race last year, uh, realizing that uh, these school board races really are important because you have in place people that have specific Mm -hmm. agendas. Now, just a a quick comment. Uh, You know, in the Constitution, it says that government, Congress shall establish 
no you know, state-run uh, religion, which I, I really think, Jason, that means that, that um, public funds and public education is not to be used to um, promote specific belief systems. And I submit to you that some of these people that are coming out against ascent classical charters have belief systems that they are actually using public education to put forward. And so, in essence, I think that ultimately it's unconstitutional. Now, does does that make any sense to you? Because I've been thinking a lot about this. No, I I think that uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, and, you know, we've seen a whole heck of a lot of belief systems uh, slowly uh, infiltrating our schools. And, you know, I I heard... uh, the Galta, well, they don't want them indoctrinating uh, the kids with religion. Boy, they're getting indoctrinated with a whole lot of other stuff uh, that could certainly be considered religion-like. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I think they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, most of these charter schools are good. And I, my wife and I looked really closely at Ascend, did some research on it. And my opinion is they are a quality uh, quality uh, school and uh, parents that are interested in it. Yes, I agree. Uh, write in, make your voice heard. Um, again, if you want an eye opener, see if you can actually get into the meeting where the school board uh, is either going to confirm or deny the school. It's an eye opener. Okay. Well, Jason McBride, Presidential Wealth Management, thank you so much for your perspective. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. And be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. And we're going to jump over now. We've got Dick Morris on the line with us, and you all know him. He's been, he's all over TV books. Um, he's been a, you know, political strategist, uh, knows the Clintons well. Dick Morris, welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, and Sue Kinfield is our guest chick, so welcome. Hey, I'm not a chick, but, uh, <laughs> but I was, but I was admitted to the Girls Club. Um, my book, The Fifty Shades of Politics, is a series of anecdotes in my career, and one of them is when Hillary invited me to the girls' club. <laughs> uh, it, me, it met every week in the White House solarium, and uh, it was Hillary in a sweatsuit and hair pulled back, no makeup, sneakers, no socks, and four other women who were dressed just the same, uh, Lisa Caputo, Maggie Williams, uh, Mila and Bavir, and Lewis, her inner crew. And they would meet every single week during Clinton's administration uh, to plan strategy and plan what to do. And uh, at one point, the president walked in while we were meeting, and uh, I had a meeting with him after the girls' club. So I got up to go to to meet with him, and he said, no, no, sit down, Dick, continue your meeting. I want you to finish meeting with Hillary's people. And Hillary was very possessive and saying, no, your time is to meet with me now. You can meet with him later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, Dick Morris, this new book of yours, Fifty Shades of Politics, is really interesting. I was going through and some of the stories are fascinating. And let's just start off with you grew up Democrat. How did you become a Republican? Yeah, well, I, I grew, you know, Fifty Shades of Politics, the name of the book, uh, is, is really the going from deep blue as a kid to purple working for Clinton in the White House at bipartisan to red Republican now. 
and uh, I think the initial move away from the Democrats was dislike of Johnson because of the war in Vietnam. But then the as as I began to move further, it was really impelled by Ronald Reagan's success in destroying communism. Uh, I was a big believer in fighting nuclear weapons. I was a peacenik. I went on peace marches and wanted to cut defense spending and oppose Star Wars and negotiate with the Russians. And Reagan didn't do any of the things that I wanted. And it worked. Communism collapsed. Uh, Russia went away as a uh, superpower. And the threat of nuclear war went away. And not because they followed my advice, but because we won the Cold War. And uh, then I began to see, frankly, in consultation with Bill Clinton, uh, how the democratic direct way of giving out money and grants and stuff like that was not really effective, but that the Republican way of demanding responsibility in return for aid will give you welfare, but you have to work for it. You have to take a job. Uh, we'll uh, give you a scholarship, but you have to agree to teach in an underserved area. And that transaction, which Clinton called the New Covenant, which was sort of the basis of his administration, really was something that was something he and I came to. It was kind of my halfway house between the parties. Then for the rest of it, it's Ronald Reagan, where he said, I didn't leave the Democratic Party, it left me. And you look at the Democrats today, and they're so far off the deep end and so far left that uh, they can't possibly be, be part of them. Well, this is Sue, Dick. You know, what you did back then with uh, Bill Clinton in helping people experience the dignity of work, you know, through that process doesn't seem to be part of the, process, the approach for Democrats today. Why do you think that is? Well, I write about this a bit in the book. Whenever a liberal loses a national election to a conservative, the liberal party always moves to the left. You'd think they'd move to the center, but they don't. They move to the left. After uh, Reagan defeated Carter, uh, the next two Democratic candidates were Mondale and Dukakis. Uh, after Thatcher defeated Callahan in Britain, the next two Labor candidates, Kinnick and Foote, were way over crazy leftists. And that's what's going on now in the Democratic Party, that lurch to the left. And the reason, I think, is that the, the moderates, the sane people, leave the Democratic primary. They no longer participate. They don't see themselves as Democrats. And the true believers and the crazies dominate the party and move it so far to the left that it becomes unelectable. And that's what I think you're seeing in this Ocasio-Cortez um, uh, and uh, Sally, whatever her name is, the Muslim congresswoman, they just going crazy left. But, you know, much of this book isn't serious. Much of it is fun. Uh, like the woman who told me that she was with Bill Clinton in 1988, and he was telling her, <clears throat> I don't know these women they accuse me of being with. I'm not a womanizer. This is all a Republican uh, effort to smear me. And she told her friend and told me, 
I got the feeling he forgot that we'd slept together. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. You know, Dick Morris, you probably more than anybody else in America know the Clintons really, really well. And you have one story about, you said, all scandals lead to Hillary. Uh, Expound upon that a bit. Well, that was really the, the, that was really what led me to move away from Hillary. Uh, I decided when I was working in the White House that all scandals I was dealing with, uh, all the fires I was having to put out, all started with Hillary. Uh, the obvious ones of uh, the Travelgate scandal, the Whitewater scandal, the Filegate scandal, the uh, every single one of those scandals, the secret uh, healthcare task force scandal, all of that started with Hillary. But so did the sex scandals. Uh, because Paula Jones, which was the, the root of it all, uh, offered to settle her suit uh, for no money and no apology, no admission of guilt. All she wanted to do was for Bill to say that he indeed sent a trooper to bring her up to his, his room. And she was a state employee. There could be a hundred reasons for that. And Hillary wouldn't accept the deal. Bill was, but Hillary wouldn't take it because she didn't want to admit any truth the spectator story that he was using troopers to get women. And it didn't imply that, but she thought it did. And because of her rigidity and her, her refusal to budge an inch, which always gets her in tremendous trouble, um, we had the Paula Jones suit. We had Bill was impeached. Monica Lewinsky surfaced. Uh, he had to pay a million dollars to a Paula Jones. Uh, he uh, lost his law license all because she wasn't flexible enough to take a settlement that made sense. And, and then you look at the subsequent history. She is always getting herself into trouble. The reason that we had the secret email server scandal is because she wanted to keep quiet the pay-for-play stuff she was doing in the, in the Secretary of State's office. And uh, her, the entire process is one of hiding and concealment and let nobody learn what scandal is on the list. Wow. Well, hey, we have Dick Morris on the line with us. Uh, his newest book, Fifty Shades of Politics, is really interesting. Dick, we need to go to break, uh, give a couple of shouts out to some of our partners. We'll be right back. Uh, would like to ask you, you have uh, one of your vignettes in there is Saving Justice Kavanaugh. It's fascinating. So we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, I want to give a shout out to Chris Cantwell. It is 2019. And what do you want to do with your future? You've worked hard. Maybe the kids don't want to continue with your business. So it's time to sell. Or maybe you've recently retired and you want to create some cash flow and be your own boss. Then it's time to buy a business. And Chris Cantwell is a business broker with Trans World Business Advisors. He helps you buy and sell opportunity. And he's an advocate for entrepreneurship, the voluntary exchange of value between individuals, and the right of business owners to thrive and flourish. Chris Cantwell knows that small businesses drive the economic engine of America. So reach out to Chris Cantwell for a complimentary consultation. His website is cccellscompanies.com. That's cccellscompanies.com. This is the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Sue Kenfield is our guest chick in studio. We've got Dick Morris on the line talking about his book, Fifty Shades of Politics. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The Americhicks, Molly & Kim, recommend Predovich & Company as your financial business consultants. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. 
Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for next year's tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Hey, welcome back to the Ameritix with Kim Munson. Sue Kinfield is in studio with us as our guest chick. We have on the line with us Dick Morris, fascinating book, Fifty Shades of Politics. Before we get back to Dick, just a shout out to Act Two Reforms, which is a blueprint to adjust the division of power in Washington, D.C. for a more fair, disciplined, open, and transparent government. Regardless of the political party in power, Act Two Reforms is part of the Article 5 Convention of the States Movement, which that was put into the Constitution by the founders in case government ever got out of control. And so uh, they have five suggestions. Number one, they suggest that we enforce the rule of law on all federal employees. Two, suggest we give Congress a quick tool to block new regulations. Three, uh, term limits for both Congress and the judiciary. Four, suggest we make Congress account for all the claims on the federal budget. Duh. And number five, suggest we (laughs) sharply reduce the power of money in Washington, D.C. So if you want more information, check out act2blueprint.org. That's act2blueprint.org. Dick Morris, it is so fascinating to chat with you. This book, Fifty Shades of Politics, is is just an amazing read. There's humor in it, and you learn a lot. Uh, But I was surprised to see what you had to say regarding saving Justice Kavanaugh. Tell us about that. Well, I was just peacefully going... (laughs) <laughs> going through my emails at home, and uh, I got an email from a guy I had known vaguely and worked with briefly, and uh, he said that he had a friend who had a friend who was um, uh, Christina Beasley Ford's lover uh, and part-time roommate uh, during the 1990s and had a lot to tell me, wanted to get some information to the Judiciary Committee. So I called the friend, and then I called the friend and spoke to the guy. And um, he uh, he told me that she was a piece of work and that he had no sense that she had been sexually abused, that, in fact, uh, his, his next woman had been abused, but that she hadn't, and he hadn't had a feeling that she had. But in any case, the key thing that he told me was that she was an expert at fudging lie detector tests. Uh, getting by and passing them. Uh, her specialty was self-hypnosis, which was her, her graduate thesis, and uh, using biometrics to st- make sure that you registered a false positive on the lie detector test, and that she would often tell the story of her coaching a woman friend of hers who wanted to pass an FBI lie detector exam in order to become a federal agent, and was very nervous about that, and Christina helped her, uh, helped to, helped her with that, and helped her learn how to pass that. And um, I passed the information on to uh, Senator Ted Cruz, who was my client, who was on the House Judici- on the Senate Judiciary Committee. And uh, did I say Christina? It's Mary Beasley Ford. I'm sorry. And um, he passed it on to uh, Grassley, who's the head of the committee, who passed it on to the FBI. And then you'll remember in that court, in that examination where they had a prosecutor question her, they asked her, uh, have you ever coached someone to pass the lie detector test? And she said no. And then uh, the FBI indicated that she had. And that lie was a very important part 
of undoing those crazy claims against Kavanaugh. Wow. Okay. Um, very historic. And one of these stories in the book that I don't know if you read, but it's, it's really cool. I mean, some, a lot of it is just fun. I was working for uh, a guy named, um, well, I'll tell you a story from uh, from Colorado. Okay. Do you remember Nancy Dick? Uh-huh. She used, used to be the lieutenant governor of Colorado. Uh-huh. And uh, she ran for the Senate, and I was working for her, and I was working with Leon Uris, uh, who the novelist who lived in Aspen. And uh, we went to meeting at Uris's house, which was a chalet overlooking the valley in Aspen, just the most gorgeous view imaginable. And his new wife, Jill, a photographer, was sitting in the meeting right in front of the window, and Leon insisted that I sit at his desk facing Jill. He had a kind of thing going on, a macho thing with me that, you know, he should be in charge and not me, and he was more important than me, and as he was, and all of that. But he decided to play the game by having me sit in his chair looking at his wife. And on the edge of his desk were all kinds of pornographic photos of her. And um, I had to keep my eye up oh my. and out the window rather than looking down. <laughs> <laughs> to the entire meeting. <laughs> that is most curious. <laughs> that is most curious. What an interesting the display. Other one I was, the other one I was going to tell was that uh, I was hired to work for a guy named Tommy Hartnett, who was the lieutenant governor of South Carolina. And uh, he was going to run for Senate. And the Republicans had originally approached his boss, Campbell, the governor, to run. And he turned them down, so they went to Hartnett, the lieutenant governor, to run. And I was at a meeting with Tommy and Phil Graham, the head of the Senate Campaign Committee, Senator from Texas, uh, to discuss his candidacy. And at the start of the meeting, Hartnett said, Senator, I want you to know that I know that I'm not your first choice. And Graham leaned back in his chair and said in his big drawl, I'm going to tell you a story now that I have never told another living soul, and I would appreciate your discretion. So he moved closer. And he said, My wife, Wendy, was not my first choice. <laughs> Sophia Loren was my first choice, but she wasn't available, and I've had 32 wonderful years with Wendy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Now, I can't capture the accent in the book. but <laughs> that, Well done. That is funny. Um, let's see. We have just maybe about four minutes. I want to ask you one other question, and if we can get one more story, and that's great. But I saw on your website you said to tell Gillette to stop its ad campaign demeaning men. Uh, tell our yeah. listeners what you're thinking about on that. Well, I'm very proud to say that because this is a radio gig, I had to shave this morning, you know, nicely because <laughs> I want to look good on radio. And uh, naturally, I did not use a Gillette razor. I used a Harry's razor. Um, Gillette has these ads on saying that men should be the best a man can be. And it's filled with a minute and a half of photos of men bullying women, men leering at women, uh, boys fighting uh, boys taunting each other, all kinds of stuff like that. And it says that uh, men should cut that conduct out and that men should eliminate their toxic masculinity. Well, first of all, my wife has a great expression of Irish family, who died and left you in charge? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And um, and I just think that it is very unfair. Uh, I am not a toxic masculine, and I don't think a lot of men are. And uh, by painting with such a broad brush, uh, I think that they're doing a real disservice to men. And since this is a product used by men, I think it's particularly offensive. So on DickMorris.com, my website, I have a petition you can sign to Gillette to cut it out, to stop this advertising campaign. Good for you on that. So, hey, I think we've got time for one more story. And one that's so important right now is Brexit with what's going on over in Britain right now. But you you were part of that really almost at the beginning. Yes. Yeah, I was. Uh, I worked for the United Kingdom Independence Party. That was the party that uh, really sponsored Brexit. And put, I helped put them on the map. They had never gotten a large vote share, and I ran a campaign for them that got them uh, 17% of the vote, placing second ahead of the Liberal Party. And uh, that was kind of their launch. And I was wondering what slogan to use, because when you talk to these folks, everybody had their own story. The fishermen who couldn't fish because the EU wouldn't let them. The farmers who had to cut back their crops, the uh, manufacturers, the immigration, crime, all kinds of stuff. Everybody had issues with the EU. So I finally said, why don't you have a one-word slogan? No! (laughs) (laughs) Like a two-year-old would pronounce it. And the O would be the circular stars, the gold stars of the EU, on the blue background with the Ghostbuster thing through it. And uh, they, they succeeded. There's a wonderful story there where the EU would send an inspector to, to Ireland to count the sheep so they could allocate their subsidy. And the farmer had four paddocks. And as soon as they finished the first paddock, he'd take the sheep out and move them around to the fifth paddock <laughs> and then the sixth and the seventh so he could get multiple times the subsidy he was entitled to. And I think the inspector was counting sheep, fell asleep. <laughs> it sounds like that's truly entrepreneurship. So, hey, Dick Morris, what about Trump uh, and uh, what's going on right now? What do you... I love I love Donald Trump. Uh, I think that he is a great president. I think he's doing incredible things for the country. Uh, I think his personnel policies are a lot like Robespierre's, you know, <laughs> off with their head. Uh, but I feel that his... <laughs> but I think that he's been enormously successful. Um, I think on the wall, I think the wall is very important, and I think it's very obvious that we need it. But he should say, look, Rome wasn't built in a day, and the wall won't be built in a year. We need about 1,400 more miles of wall. We have 200 that the Democrats built under Bill Clinton uh, in San Diego. It completely walls off the California-Mexico border. I want to build 400 more for $5 They want to build 150 more for 1.6. So let's compromise on 3.3, and I'll build 250 miles of wall. And next year, I'll come back for more and for more and for more. And at the end of my eight years, the whole wall is going to be built. And I think if he does that, his base will say, well, we're getting half a loaf, and that's pretty good. And the uh, Democrats can't turn it down because they're offering money for a part of the wall. Wow. Okay, fascinating. Hey, Dick Morris, we are out of time. Thank you for joining the Americhicks with Kim Munson. By the way, we, we should note, Madam Chicks, that you can't buy-
buy this book in a bookstore. You have to go to Amazon.com to do it. Oh, it's okay. self-published. Okay. So that there's no editor telling me what I can't write about the Clintons. Okay. <laughs> so it's Fifty Shades of Politics. It's Fifty Shades of Politics with Dick Morris. Thank you so much, Dick. Thank you. Okay. Sue, thank you so much for being in studio as our guest chick today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I just want to note that a watch company came out with an alternative ad to Gillette. Agard Watch Company. So go look for that online. And how do you spell it? E-G-A-R-D. Okay, we'll look it up. So, hey, today is MLK Day, and I wanted to quote the the great uh, economist Thomas Sowell, black economist Thomas Sowell. He said, the black family survived centuries of slavery and generations of Jim Crow, but it has disintegrated in the wake of the liberals' expansion of the welfare state. So it's 2019. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you. God bless America. <laughs>